I like concrete examples. Having abstract concepts thrown at me is it's great and all, but I have a hard time really visualizing what that concept could look like in my classroom. Welcome to Reaching Struggling Learners, episode 27. Today, let's talk about how one skill which many students struggle with could be addressed in RTI in your classroom tomorrow. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. Usually, when I talk about RTI, I like to reach for examples from reading or math skills, because we all often forget that behavior is another area we can support through response to intervention. So today, I'd like to start by talking about how teachers can use RTI to help their students manage their own behaviors, starting with identifying their own emotions and what triggers unexpected behaviors. It seems like this year especially, teachers are having to deal with more anxiety in themselves and in their students. And with this, with the stress of living through a pandemic and a very contentious presidential election, everything just feels so much heavier than in years past. And kids are communicating that discomfort that they feel, the anxiety, the stress, the fears through unexpected behaviors in the classroom. This is increasing, of course, teacher stress, So let's do some work on one way that you can help your students through using those RTI principles that you know I love, move forward in identifying and dealing with their emotions in positive ways. So as I stated before, students are really struggling with their emotions right now, including just identifying their feelings and what may have triggered outlandish behaviors. One really good tier two intervention that I've used in the past for students who are struggling to, to really just identify their emotions is a feelings journal. For my students who are just having a hard time figuring out how to identify their emotions, I would start the day with a quick feelings check in. The students would complete their feelings journal prompt based on their reading level or skill level in identifying their feelings, whatever that case may have been for that kiddo. This prompt took the place of the morning work, which the majority of my students completed. This allowed me to differentiate my morning work based on the needs of my students. Over time, I found that having the students come in and identify their feelings and why they felt that way helped to ground them and get them set up for the start of the day. Also, it was a fantastic heads up for me. When I looked over their responses, I had a good idea for what to expect behaviorally from those students. I used this at the elementary and high school levels, just so you know, and it was helpful in both areas. I'll put a link in the show notes for it if you want to check out my feelings journal after this episode is done. 
Now, what if that wasn't enough for my students? Well, I have to admit, I love the zones of regulation to help students identify their feelings and deal with them in really productive ways. If you don't know about the zones, I want to really encourage you to check them out. I'll link to that website in the show notes also. No, I'm not an affiliate, although maybe I should be. It seems like I'm always suggesting them, but oh well. The Zones are really, truly a great program, so I'm going to keep suggesting them to whoever because I have had some really great results over the years. By the way, if you're thinking about fitting these two ideas into your tiers of support, the Feelings Journal is a really good Tier 2 intervention, but I do suggest you use something a little bit more lesson plan-y and, and ready to go for like the Zones as a Tier 3 intervention. Zones can be taught whole group, but I have to say, I've found that the students who really need it, uh, they get a lot more out of it if you do the lessons in a small group, like maybe three kids. That just works better for them. So that's one example of how you can use RTI in your classroom just starting tomorrow. I tend to think that behavior is kind of harder to plan for, which is why I kind of started with that. Next, I want to give you a real-world example of how you can use RTI to work on a reading skill that many kids struggle with. Being able to identify lowercase letters B, D, P, and Q. Yeah, I'm going there. I know that teachers are ripping their hair out trying to get their students to remember the differences between those letters. So let's go ahead and walk walk through how I work through this problem in my tier two groups. So I've written out some lesson plans that I've used for years to help with this skill. The unit lasts about one week, though I use some of the materials for like two weeks at least to allow for more practice and to make sure that the skills have really stuck. I use the basic practice sheets and letter cards to practice the skill in small group but I really encourage the students to practice their skill at least weekly in their centers or the stations that I have set up for them. The first day, I introduce the letters B and D with that associated sound. I then play games, you know, like letter slap. If you haven't played letter slap, it's super easy. The students have their own copy of the letter cards in front of them, literally just a B and a D. And so I say the letter sound, they slap the letter. It helps the students to just practice identifying the correct letter in a fun, stress-free way. We always end up laughing and, you know, somebody always falls out of their chair at some point in the game. Once I feel like the students are really starting to understand the concept and they've got a rhythm down, I ask the students to complete a practice sheet with the letters that we practiced that day. On day two of our unit, we practice the letters from the day before in the same way that we did it before, but then they complete just a different practice sheet. For the third day, I introduce the lowercase p and q with the sound, we play letter slap, and then we complete a practice sheet. Yes, it's repetitive. (laughs) I know it is, but I've found that the students really respond to that simple lesson plan format and the simple practice. Throughout the week, the students review, they practice the skills, they know what's coming. By the end of the week, the students have gained confidence and skills in identifying the four most commonly confused letters. 
And by the way, it gets really good for teaching them the sound too. It's not just about identifying which letter is which, but associating the sound with the letter. If you're interested in taking a look at my lesson plan, I'll put, you know, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and I do hope you get a chance to check it out because it's just really simple and it makes a big difference for a lot of students. It's really helped a lot of my kids over the years. In terms of how this lesson plan format could work in your classroom, I like to teach these lessons in a really small group setting while my other students are participating in their centers. When the group working on this skill is complete, they move to a center where they can either practice a skill using that practice sheet or I have a couple other practice materials that work really well in the centers. I really like when the students get to learn and practice a skill in small group with me then get additional practice in centers. So I always try to, when I have my centers, my rotations, I always try to work with my tier two groups first or my tier three, whichever one, work with them first so that they can then go immediately to their next center and practice that skill some more. And that really helps to solidify the learning and it helps the students really retain it for the next day so that we can move forward a little bit more. I hope that this episode has given you some ideas on different ways you can incorporate that RTI into your classroom. One of the best ways to do this is to think of ways that are you're already supporting your students and just find a way to make that support even more effective and give them a little bit of extra practice. So what can you do tomorrow to incorporate a little bit more RTI into your day? Thank you so much for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode 27. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your anxiety small, and your students making progress. Bye. Bye.